Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. Slugs. Inco. Comma. There's a war going on. There's a war going on. It's war. War, I tell you. It's day 11 of the Russian the invasion sound of, of the war puts fear into the hearts of even the hardest of men. Our boys in blue are going over the hills and over the trenches. And yet the Russian bear continues on from the east. Those cold winds are blowing over Europe. Will she survive? Find yeah. out next time. <laughs> next time on oh, CNN. God. Well, it is appropriate because I feel like a lot of people, they're participating in this war because there is familiar to them. Yeah, we're just all in. In wartime. Yeah, again, we're not all in because, uh, again, I must stress, there won't be a nuclear winter. We're not going to war with well, Russia. This morning, but. this morning, I woke up and I got the news alert. Blinken's was given the green light if NATO wanted to send fighter jets to help in Ukraine. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, whatever. We're, we're fine. Um, <laughs> People have been talking up how much intervention Everyone has a wag the dogian like commitment to the memes yeah Everyone is down with these signs, symbols, signifiers. Who knows about the signified? I don't. You can't. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> culturally, uh, we're all down. I was saying that the SNL, it kind of reminded me of just this like clip I remember from like fucking Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn back in the day, where it was just like about like torturing prisoners of war captured in Afghanistan. And so it's like, yeah. Yeah, there's Nick DiPaolo, who you know how he's going to come out on it. But then, like, Sarah Silverman. Also- hey, I'm Nick DiPaolo. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the, but then Sarah Silverman also jumped on board. And, like, pretty much everyone was like, oh, yeah, we tortured the fucking terrorists. And, like, just that unthinking thing, like, of there's the one side of this and we stand with the Ukrainian people. It's like, you know, I hope you're all right about this. And this doesn't sound kind of embarrassing 20 years later because it could. I just remember when 9-11 happened, the stupidest dude I know said this thing that was hilarious to me where he was like, oh man, this has like changed everything. It's like we're boxing, but we don't know if what they have hidden in their gloves. <laughs> right? And I just thought it was so funny because as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, that is what lots of people uh, are ab- thinking because they're like, I, I, just I can't believe someone would use a plane as a bomb. And he, like, he's specifically thinking that you're going to pull off a boxing glove from Osama bin Laden and like shake it out and like 18 horseshoes will fall yeah. from it like <laughs> Looney Tunes. That's precisely what he described. And I thought it was 
very funny. And immediately, though, like, also, <laughs> there's a dimension to this that isn't like 9-11. No, nobody's staring at Russian people. They're not. <laughs> I mean, but they are now afraid of Russian people, which is yes. the... Uh, that groundwork's been laid, you know, reinvigorated. This reinvigoration of the Big Bad Russia has obviously been with us for a few years. Yeah, it's, and our now, population has been primed for this. Yes, and now it's really convenient to set up a real nice, like, propaganda binary because anything that is something that... Russia has said or claimed, even if it is true, if you say it, you're like, you're hearing Russian misinformations. So that's fun, right? I've been called a Putin propagandist uh, a lot this week. It's fun. Yeah. And I just want to say, I don't think Putin would like us very much (laughs) in real life. Not with your pink hair. Uh, No. uh, But, you know, he did. And my undying hatred of the Russian Orthodox Church. Yeah. And along those lines, I'm going with the Greeks. Yeah. Push comes to shove. (laughs) She rejects the notion that they're all one church. Yeah. There's only one church, the Greek church. The Greek church. <laughs> no, she accepts that there's one church, and the, 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 that's the yeah. Greek one. And then a bunch of heretics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. I mean, you know, if I have to. It's like, just in my personal life, I was never like, I, even though I grew up going to church and et cetera, I wasn't like, I have to get married in the church or else, even though they do tell you that. But if somebody else I was dating were to have been like, I have to get married in a church, I would have been like, it has to be my church. (laughs) (laughs) I shan't do it unless it is my Byzantine church. Thank you very much. I would say if you ended up with like a Zoroastrian or some fun like you might get like some I cool do shit. I both. Okay. Eh, I guess. Um, well, what are the different versions of Russophobia going on? Because I think that is well, kind I've of peaking. Well, I've heard some dumb shit. I have not vetted it, but I've heard like they're taking silly little Russian related things off of things or even businesses are sort of, uh, I've heard renaming Moscow mules as like something else and not a white Russian uh, a I, white Ukrainian. Oh uh, I did find Just out that, guys, that don't. apparently on uh, watch forums there is an open debate as to whether or not it's okay to wear Vostoks, my favorite brand of watches. And also all my Vostoks... You're canceled. Yeah, all my Vostoks have also doubled in price since we stopped importing from Russia. So now you should sell them. I don't know if anyone's going to actually pay 150 bucks for a fucking Vostok. But it's it's this bizarre nationalist, capitalist, faux-activism thing where it's like also should individual Russian brands be necessarily punished because they're Russian? Like, it's like... uh, I mean, it's not even... Even if you're totally like, this is... I'm on this side and et cetera. It is following the American brands themselves pulling out of Russia and the sanctions kind of starving Russia at this moment. I mean, if we want to get into the sanctions, we can. I just feel like this should be pointed out. It is part of the sort of capitalist realist uh, psychosis of, you know, you can't be anything but your consumption. So Mm -hmm. your consumption is all you are. And the only way you 
have been allowed to express yourself in any meaningful way or be told that you're ever going to make a difference is by the products you buy. So, yeah, sure, we're all doing that stupid shit. I think a lot of it is also heightened in Europe, too. I saw that, like, a director was forced to denounce Putin, and he refused to do it, and so he got fired. Europeans will love when they're allowed to, like, discriminate against other European nationals who are within their borders. They'll jump all over this shit. Yeah, I think uh, (laughs) I heard an opera singer also had all of her shows canceled because she refused to denounce Putin. Okay, well, goddammit, where are you... Who are you listening to for opera now? Like... (laughs) Oh, shit, we don't allow Russians to sing opera anymore. But also, I just, like, I'm so uncomfortable with that fucking... I just could easily see a situation where my life is going better than it is, and (laughs) I have some sort of media or entertainment job, and say somebody I know personally goes farther in politics than whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they do something bad. It's not my job to like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I guess, unless they're like some kind of uh, Bill Cosby rapist, Mm, then um, I get it. Well, I mean, also you're conflating an entirely different situation. No, I'm just saying it's like, I mean, these are people who are from Russia who are being asked to give a political statement based on their being from Russia. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to say like, if something could happen in an inverse to me. Like, I I wouldn't feel compelled to make a statement or whatever, and I don't like this fucking... Look, I I never ask you to answer for the history of Greek genocide in the late 19-teens because I know it's not your job to condemn it. Yeah, it's the British's job to to answer for it. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's like... Yeah, the problem is I would never be in a situation where I wouldn't be willing to condemn the United States government um, for any reason at all. But also I can see a situation where that might seem unfair to somebody from America who I might know. I think a lot of this goes to if there's a war going on, if there's an invasion going on, how do you perform your virtue if you're not in the space of war? And there's people jumping at feeling good about themselves yeah, taking that is the, the right wild thing where it's like i remember in iraq there was this fucking freedom fries well yeah yeah no i'm not even talking i'm just talking about the like fucking mental gymnastics of like well even if you're against the war you must support our troops and like at the time you're basically Uh, eventually like going to just deconstruct this down to do you agree people dying is wrong and it's like yeah okay sure but like also you know left out of that is well why these troops and not the other troops like you know like i can support whoever the sentimental and you know how i yeah yeah, but it is interesting because in this case none of these countries have troops none of us are participating in this war other than the ukrainians so then it's like stand by the ukrainian people and it's sort of you know open question and fucking why why was it support our troops when we were invading iraq and not stand with the iraqi people like it's never you know 
Exactly. Like, why not support well, the Russian and, troops? And, like, I'm equally, well, I mean, actually, I am technically Ukrainian, but, you know, most people are equally, like, Russian as they are Ukrainian. Why is it a stand with the Ukrainian people and not support the Russian troops? It was support the American troops in Iraq and not stand with the Iraqi people. It, and, like, you can just deconstruct this into, like, oh, well, people are dying and we want less people to die. But it's like, yeah, but oh, they don't like they don't give a shit. You're like they're telling they're, us to pick a side. Like okay, so and I want to draw a distinction between like all of this kind of stuff, and then like the people who do actually talk about just the outcomes of like any sort of conflict or crisis of uh, creating refugees, of displacing people. Mm-hmm children, etc. right? Because that is fundamentally what always fucking happens. And mm-hmm. it's like, right. a week before this conflict started, we were fucking, people were bombing Somalia. Like, it's, it's you know... And there pe- were refugees in Russia from the civil war in the Donbass that existed for eight years prior to this. Yeah, that's what's annoying because it's like people who are saying, oh, but it's people dying when they reduce it to that. They don't actually give a shit about like any solution-oriented thinking about how to... You know what I mean? Because war is fucking stupid. Ultimately, it's a contrivance that has a material outcome of harming masses of people. (laughs) You know, like even people who are like into war or whatever. They're romanticizing wars of the past mm-hmm. where there was... Strategy. Yeah, all this, you know, where they mistake a cleverness for just... Destructive. I mean, because we haven't had... Death destruction. I mean, we've had just complete, like, lopsided sorts of warfare in, I feel like, our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. <laughs> There's never been two sides. There's Not like two sides equally yeah. capable of going to a fair battlefield and like this fantasy people have it's, about. It's always asymmetrical yeah. warfare. Exactly. At least since World War II in general. We're getting into Friedman territory. <laughs> but what what's the solution to it? And I think America... Obviously to buy an Airbnb, you're not going to stay. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate money launder. I mean, the essential fact of the matter is there's no solution to the Ukrainian people other than being under the sway of one power block or another. NATO is equally not allowing that as the Russians are. Like, no one is truly saying, like, oh, let's guarantee Ukrainian neutrality and let them go on their own path. It's going to be a neutrality that orients itself one way or the other because economically it kind of has to. And, you know, that just is what it is. Neither side have the Ukrainian people's interests. As I've said on the last episode, like, if your goal was not to say Russia is wrong, but in fact, let's stop as many deaths as possible that could otherwise spring from these events, there were options from NATO's end to prevent deaths. Maybe it would have let Russia get away with something. And but we can't have that. No. Yeah, no matter how many people have to die for it. To occur. And, uh, you know, and once more, his invasion wouldn't have happened if Putin didn't invade and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I don't fucking live in Russia. I I live in the United States. Like, what? I I don't... I think that my government 
failed to prevent a war well, that it could have prevented. Not only that, but it feels like, and I have no proof of this, but it feels like there was a little betrayal going on with Ukraine. At least it seems like from what Zelensky's been doing, he went to the UN and he is basically asking them to start World War Three on right, his but, behalf. Well, from his perspective, that's the, the most war. rational thing that could happen because otherwise he loses everything. And he's... He's, you know, like, sure. Begging to join NATO. We won't, but, like, I understand that but, you're asking that. But it feels like we promised them that we would. I don't even know. Okay, first of all, if we promised them, he shouldn't have believed it. And, like, also, I don't think he would have believed it. I think there's a part of it that is also Zelensky has to play to a fucking insane right-wing base that is locking him in a certain position. And, again, like... Not going to say, like, oh, the Ukrainian government is Nazi. Yeah, okay, there's not any Nazi in the Ukrainian government right now, I guess. Fine. They still rely on a certain base that requires them to take a certain position that might be less negotiating than... It. Like, again, if your goal is to orient to western europe if your goal is to get away from russian domination and you think the best way to chart out a ukrainian path is to orient towards western europe then why did you end a federalist home rule and why did you cut resources to eastern ukraine and why did you enforce language laws like those don't serve those purposes those serve a purpose of making a certain segment of your base happy that you have to placate. Yeah. And there's so many times that I've seen people just dismiss these concerns as the Russian narrative. Have you gotten this too? Like, well, yeah. Any legitimization of the grievances by Russia in this is seen as propaganda that you are consuming. That, that you're falling for, especially from the type of people who are already. You know, all in for Ukraine. Well, no, just really, really obsessed with the idea of Russian propaganda mm -hmm. and like seemingly no awareness that they're consuming they're their consuming own propaganda, any other propaganda, yeah. like NATO propaganda. Um, yeah, I mean, because what a lot of people have brought attention to the troubling aspect uh, among the fighters in Ukraine um, are some very overt uh, neo-Nazi types. And that I'm seeing more and more people acting like calling attention to that is Russian misinformation and you're mm -hmm. getting fooled by Russia. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. It's going to be so funny when these guys are terrorizing us in a decade I, with I, all of the weapons or we again, give them. Not those guys, but Americans who now have an economic and social base to have a mm -hmm. terror of right-wing terrorist franchise in the United States mm -hmm. getting the funding that I, we gave I, to them. And I really do feel like something that's thematic for me personally in my life is uh, feeling like I am constantly drawing attention to how bad white supremacy, like is in all its different forms. Like it's like obviously materially damaging and how treating it like it's just another point of view um, mm -hmm. is something that like, oh guys. Uh, or like a point to debate. 
Yes, like that there's a legitimate point. And what continues to be startling for me uh, over the years is just how many white people are... Like, I, I don't relate to this experience, but I, like, see people speaking from what this perspective of, like, so eager to have somebody talk nicely about blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> like, there was some... This kind of stuff where I'm, like... And I, as a uh, beautiful black-eyed person, <laughs> have always made fun of this particularly and always been like, yikes, wa like, watch out for uh, when anybody sort of does go that way. But I continue to be a little bit flummoxed at uh, people sincerely wanting that to be uh, a part of the conversation. I'm not, I'm not hating. Mm -hmm. I'm anyway, just saying, whatever. Speaking of September 11th. Well, somebody has a solution for all of this. And that person, the winner of all the elections, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton went on Rachel Maddow a couple days ago. And uh, she has a solution for this, which I'm going to play now. Remember, uh, the Russians invaded Afghanistan uh, back uh, in 1980, and uh, although no country uh, went in, uh, they certainly had a lot of countries uh, supplying uh, arms and advice and even some advisors uh, to those who were recruited to fight Russia. It didn't end well for the Russians. Uh, there were other uh, unintended consequences, yeah. as we know. But the fact is that a very motivated and then uh, funded and armed uh, insurgency uh, basically drove the Russians out of Afghanistan. Um, obviously, the motivated. similarities are, are not uh, ones motivated. that you should uh, bank on because uh, the terrain, the development uh, in urban areas, et cetera, is so different. But I think that is the model that people are now go, uh, looking toward. And if there can be sufficient uh, armaments that get in, and they should be able to get in along some of uh, uh, the borders uh, between other nations and Ukraine, uh, and keep the Ukrainian, uh, both their military and their citizen uh, volunteer soldiers supplied, uh, that can continue to stymie Russia. Now, let's be you know, clear that Russia has overwhelming uh, military force. Uh, but of course, they did in Afghanistan as well. Mm. Uh, they also brought a lot of uh, air power to Syria. It, has, it took years to finally uh, defeat Syria. Uh, in terms of the insurgencies, the democratic forces, as well as others who battled the Russians, the Syrians, others. and the Iranians. Um, so if you're fighting for your homeland, you're fighting for your family, you're fighting for your ideals, that's far more powerful than sending in these poor young Russian soldiers who didn't even know where they were going until they crossed the border and people were screaming at them and they realized they were in Ukraine. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm I think sure we have to watch this carefully. Works. We have to provide sufficient uh, military armaments for the Ukraine uh, military and volunteers. And we have to keep tightening the screws. You've seen in the last few days. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, so I, yeah, I, there I didn't were even I just hearing this whole thing, I'm like, bitch, 
is this how war works? And then I'm like, do you know how war works? Well, <laughs> like, she does. No, she's like, using a lot of words that mean 9-11 without saying 9-11. I know, it's so... Well, <sighs> you mentioned this last week. Uh, it, I, it's my chief concern, to be perfectly honest, out of all of this, because once again, I'm not there, so I don't give a shit and also we're not going to war with Russia because that would end the world and we're not going to end the world and if we do end the world I won't be around to give a shit uh, so my chief concern is um, unintended consequences from others <laughs> I'll just say the pro-democratic forces and then there's others god damn her words do so much work yeah her words work harder than a Arkansas prisoner remodeling her home. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about this I, I last just, week. It's But like isn't this common knowledge? Like I'm not an insane person for knowing the connection between the Russo-Afghan war and 9/11. That's not I'm not a nerd. That's just like people know this by now. It's been drilled into all of our heads. So for her to just like say all this you know it's like some jazz like words she didn't say shit like where it's like holy shit why would that not happen again like we just address that for me address that from hillary clinton's perspective why won't that happen again because the fact that she seems to not even consider the possibility it could happen again scares the fuck out of me <laughs> well because it's it's an opportunity Oh, like it's, what? Um, Just because they're white people? Like, is that no, your no, thought no, process? No, like, what an, the? F like, ex give me something. It's an opportunity to funnel guns. Right, sure, but like, why won't unintended consequences? Like, you're comparing it to the thing that the unintended consequences were 9/11. So, Be like, why won't? Because that was that an opportunity too. <laughs> because in this time america's on the terrorist side i guess is uh well, no, we were the last we were. time too that's why we gave them all the guns no i guess ideologically is perhaps I, maybe we an called argument. them anti-communists at the time we didn't like lead with the quran like in explaining the we we called them oh they're like religious anti-communist freedom fighters fighting against atheist communists like that's how we framed it it wasn't hard like the thing that like freaks like that just like blows my fucking mind about that clip is just like she's so clearly purposely drawing this comparison and other than saying acknowledging that in fact, there existed unintended consequences. At no point did she seem to have the need to even glibly give an explanation as to why that won't be a problem here. So what you're saying is, is in 20 years, there's going to be some Ukrainians boarding a, a plane with, yeah. with, with box cutters and not knowing how to land them. Yeah, I mean, I'd say 81 to 2001 is a good Afghan to... Uh, no, I don't think they'd be Ukrainians. I think they would be Americans. I think they would. That that's the difference. We're they'd the Saudi be, uh, Arabia an to this situation. International Afghans group didn't board of planes on 9/11. Saudi Arabians did. Uh, you know, like Afghans didn't get on those planes. Uh, Afghans didn't get the money from other Afghans. They got the money from fucking Osama bin Laden, who's also Saudi Arabian. Yeah, no, there. it doesn't have to be a Ukrainian thing. It could literally be 
an American group that doesn't exist now that uh, well, founds I, itself on some racial separatism that managed to because we have relations with Ukraine, you can jump on a plane and fly to fucking Kiev twenty years from now and like meet up with some guys who are like established figures in like Ukrainian society because they got a bunch of fucking guns and money back in the day and now they're like well known like right wing people who are just establishment figures in Ukrainian politics. Meet with them discuss politics get like a fucking check written to you and like come back here like that could happen it doesn't have to be ukrainians we are like essentially the saudi arabia to this we have these convergent ideologies with these radical groups that exist within our society they're not expressly supported by the government and in fact superficially they claim to be against the government in many cases but they're not really suppressed the way they could be to go on this it's been a steady drumbeat i think yesterday there was a story that dropped in washington post the headline was ukraine's allies including u.s are planning for how to help establish and support a government in exile which could direct guerrilla operations against russian occupiers according to to several U.S. and European officials. And there seems to be a line that is being drawn from Hillary Clinton to, you know, whoever wrote this article that... I mean, there's a government in exile of Belarus that is based in, like, Arlington or some shit. Like, there's a shitload of governments in exile that, like... But I'm saying that the two are probably going to be linked, that the guerrilla warfare is what Hillary Clinton's talking about, and that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it would be a very directed guerrilla campaign that would have very overt support, including agents on the ground from various Western intelligence services. Yeah, like, we're not going to half-ass this shit. Like, yeah, we're what we're talking about is what we're talking about. Like, that, that's clear. It just is shocking to me that you could in 2022 with a straight face go on Rachel Maddow and make an overt comparison to Afghan (laughs) the Afghan Soviet war and not feel like you have to explain why this time that would be different but instead just triumphally make that comparison that's what I was going to say that it also goes back to what you said last week which was that America is almost triumphant about the outcome, even though there hasn't been an outcome yet. I mean, what I was talking about last week is the, and I mean, it's still going on, is just a steady narrative that the Western advance is going badly, which again, I'm not a fucking military nerd and I have no idea. You know, I can at best read a bunch of things and come to the conclusion of, well, there's maybe some truth to that, but not really. Yeah, I've seen people saying there's 96 hours left for Russia. If I was an expert in this field, I could perhaps give an opinion about that. But yeah, I don't know. That's what I was talking about. But like, no, just with what I'm talking triumphalism with Hillary is just historiography that I didn't know existed still that the Soviet Afghan war and America's involvement in it was an unmitigated success for the United States. I just feel like certainly enough people like are 
passingly aware of 9-11 that we'd at least give some mitigation to to that success? I don't know, man. I feel like I keep making jokes about like relating the two and people are like, huh? (laughs) And I'm like, do you not know what precipitated 9-11. Well, it literally is a straight fucking line. It's not a fucking beautiful mind like pegboard. Like it really is very simple how this all works. And like from liberal perspectives, from like just liberalism, like you can say like, oh yeah, our involvement in Afghanistan directly caused 9-11 to happen. You don't need to be a Radical. You don't need any of this to like see that. And I it just fascinates me. <laughs> no one seems to think it needs to be addressed. Like if they were addressing it and giving stupid addresses, and then I'd have to argue against their addresses, that would be one thing. But just the fact that they feel like they don't need to. It like as I fear the narrative will progress, like all legitimate claims about, like, the uh, Azov Battalion are are just going to be swallowed up as Russian misinformation. And, like, the fact that they were already, like, active, like, they were already recruiting people through Facebook Mm -hmm. and et cetera. Like, I just feel like... um, The wheels are turning. They're also, like, getting donations. Yeah, There's been a massive... They have a Patreon. Like, they have a a Patreon. And, like, a lot of people not just started donating to them as, like, oh, I'm stand with Ukrainian people (laughs) kind of shit. And it's like, yikes, man. But then, of course, it gives the weird uh, fucking, like, sympathetic Americans who are already aware of this... (laughs) of this group legitimacy you know like they can act under the pretense of this uh I mean, standing yeah, with the ukrainian people 20 years from now if you are a white nationalist who wants to go on vacation to ukraine you will be asked so many less questions than a pakistani kid who wants to take a vacation to yemen it will be so much easier and smoother because there doesn't need to be like Oh, first the terrorist money goes to Afghanistan, then to Saudi Arabia, then the terrorists go over to America. No, it's just it goes straight from the CIA to the Ukraine back to America. There's quite the openness about it, too. Like, they say, oh, Azov Battalion, you know, not saying, like, any context of what they believe or who they idolize. And then they interview a guy who's, like, in Maripol which is under siege right now, and he's got a painting of Stepan Bandera behind him, and it's like, you guys aren't hiding it. It's very much in the open, the alliance between... Yeah, and that guy used to also be in, like, a Nazi street gang, and he, like, almost got killed in a fight by, like, an anti-fascist before ever getting into politics, and now he's just in politics. Yeah, and they've been, I mean... I don't know. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Seems weird. There is also uh, a sense that, like, like you said, it's very overt, but, like, I feel like people are sort of behaving as if it's unarticulated, like, white nationalist sentiment. Yeah. And it very much is not. But I also think some people are like, well, right now they're fighting for the good guys. Yeah. Uh, There's that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, also- An alliance of convenience 
which is heavily sanitized. Yeah. Like we're sanitizing who we're allying with. I feel like the narrative's already uh, on this particular thing. I feel like uh, I did see it implied a couple places that like, oh, well, even though this battalion was founded by... Oh yeah, that a is a fun one that it was like quote unquote reorganized at some point. Yeah. And integrated into the greater Ukrainian right. military. Yeah. And then there's always the double sided that the two sides that Russia also has yeah, a, sure, a no. Nazi yeah, absolutely. battalion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they 100%. Uh, they have for a sure lot. Do. They yeah. have, like, several. They also have the uh, fucking Chechens who are, like, weird fucking quasi-Islamists. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> like, we're not giving them money. And it's like... I also think Putin shouldn't give them money. Yeah. Well, cool. Putin gave a weird talk. Did any of you see this? He was surrounded by 20 attractive flight attendants <laughs> in this giant, like, oval. And they were all in their flight attendant getup. And he's just talking and he's like, Yeah. And they say, You have radicals in your ranks too. And he's like, Yeah, we do, but they're not part of the government. And it's true that the Wagner Group is a technically a private security firm or whatever and he's like they're in the government the ukrainian government has a massive radical faction to it that is integrated into the structure i'm willing to say like go fuck yourself and you also do the same thing sure but my tax money isn't going to you and this isn't the side that I'm told I need to take to care about human life. Well, I just like that he was giving this screed in front of 20... I'm looking at the photo. You're, yeah. you're looking at it? It's yeah. it's very funny. Like that's the perfect time <laughs> to talk like about can, fascism. Can-Am era <laughs> style stewardess. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Aroloft era. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, like, I legitimately do not support Putin. I, I'm dead serious. I'm not just Marlo saying. Marlo cannot stress that enough. Soup, Vladimir Putin. Well, like, fine. Yeah, they are also fascist. I'm not being generally told that if I wanted to support the, like, general notion of utilitarianly protecting people from suffering, I need to stand with the Russian people. I'm told I need to stand with the Ukrainian people. So that's the thing I'm, like, questioning. If everyone was telling me to support the Russian troops, I would have a problem with that. (laughs) Like, yeah, they're fascists and they're shitty and they are probably violating various human rights in a brutal invasion and occupation. That is true. It doesn't mean stand with the Ukrainian people is some neutral fucking appeal to goodness. It is as political. It is as taking a side, and that side is a terrible side to take. But it feels so good, Marlo. All right. We just want right. to feel yeah. that feeling again. For I have become death, the destroyer All right, and we're back. I think the last thing we have to talk about, as with the other topics, is our problems with anarchists. And how they love NATO. No, they don't. Really, anarchists don't. But the vast majority of people who call themselves anarchists and is the effective working definition kind of do. 
But there's a platonic ideal of anarchism that I really like. Marlo, uh, secret anarchist. Yeah, sure. Like, whatever. I, I, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like, uh, I can fucking go to toe-to-toe with any Marxist. But, like, yeah, like, whatever. I don't fucking hate from a simple philosophic standpoint, like, oh, anarchism as such. Uh. Well, well, then who are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Vouch. Yeah. Vouch. Roosh V. <laughs> oh I like God. that because that would upset both of them. Yeah. Like, um. <laughs> but Roosh would be more upset on like Wait, a... who's Roosh? Roosh V? He, he was like a Famous pickup artist. Famous rapist? Yeah, okay. So he was a pickup artist from the 2000s who then became a men's rights activist when that was a thing. He used to comment on an old blog, I, I Yeah, guess. Yeah, Bunny, like early in her like various postings and shit, like got into it with him. Yeah, man. Like, he then like went this like, especially like with Trump and all, he went this like trad route. Last I know is he put up a series of videos on making bread where he calls himself a bread scientist. Oh, okay. We're talking about that, the bread guy. Well, yeah. I mean, like, that's a very slim part of his career. He also, like, sexually assaulted a bunch of people. Yeah, Uh, no, he did that too. Leave that out. Uh, And he did write these, like, before uh, that all came to light. He, I mean, he was, like, broadcasting it, basically, because he wrote these, like, guides to how to sleep with this kind of woman or that kind of, like... V committed rape, and if he wants to sue me for that, then, like, fine, I think I'll be able to get a pro bono attorney to take this one. Yeah, fuck you and your mom's fucking Silver Spring or wherever basement. But yeah, Vouch though. Well, he's one of those people that is taking the side and he's kind of mocking the idea that the Azov Battalion is a problem. But put this together with several other takes of vouches, right? Like, wow, gee, this guy is really not hard on (laughs) the potential harm that uh, white supremacist ideology could cause. He, like, frankly, uh, seems to... Want yeah, I mean, them that, to have a have space as well. Yeah, and I mean, also he decided that from a harm reduction argument, you should vote for Biden, and from a harm reduction argument, you should uh, support the like. He he basically just essentially lands on liberal incrementalism with words that he read eight times removed from their source material from the late 70s. I I mean, that's where we're at right now. Like, yeah, we are talking about essentially liberalism in the loosest of guises where you have a series of logical calculuses that, you know, it leads you to go down a route where you basically, like, generally conveniently land on a sort of center of the road, not terribly boat-rocking stance that puts you in a center-to-left point in the Democratic Party. And, you know, you might say, well, don't you always say that about Zizek? And I do. But the difference is Zizek is more entertaining and uh, doesn't use fucking children's, like, Google a bunch of logical fallacies logic. He uses highly complex uh, Hegelian logic to come to uh, general uh, liberal consensus conclusions. But, uh... 
Uh, is there anything else? I think that it should be pointed out that, and I'm not an anarchist, but there is no meaningful connection between any sort of historic connection to anarchy as theory or a political practice and this glut of online libertarian socialism, quote-unquote, that tries to identify with that. It is an extremely superficial point of generally thinking it's good to be nice. Like, like I, I don't know. I view it kind of similar to how a evangelical Christian would react to me going up to him with a straight face and saying, well, Jesus is about acceptance. So like what I think of Jesus is like uh, equally valid as you. That's how they rub me where, where I'm the evangelical Christian in this stance. See, I'm coming at it from, I was an anarchist growing up as a teenager and into my twenties to a certain degree where I, you called yourself, I, I called myself that I, uh, you know, vaguely held some opinions about the government. And I think a lot of when liberalism fails, a knee jerk reaction to it could be, well, I'm anti-authority, which ends up sounding a lot like anarchism. And I think liberalism in crisis in a lot of contexts in America ends up being this kind of libertarian, socialist, anti-authoritarian, anti-government view of things. And I see it as coming out of this post-Bernie election season where there is a large wellspring of radicalization after the failures of the Bernie campaign. And people like Vouch to me kind of say, hold on now, let me use radical language and give you the liberal consensus position. Would you agree with that? I do know, quote unquote, libertarian socialists who actually have somewhat thought out and theoretical and historically aware opinions that they can defend and stuff. And I guess, yeah, what I was saying earlier is there's not a engagement with any, not even theoretical, but historic development of anarchist theory by people who call themselves anarchists. Case in point, many of them will knee-jerk to a general position of support for the North Vietnamese and the Vietnam War, you know, it, vaguely they might say, oh, the Vietnamese government was, you know, like was an authoritarian socialist government. They might say this, that, or that. But they'll, they'll make an argument about U.S. imperialism that sounds an awful lot like a Leninist conception of imperialism. Yeah, but like Vouch was anti-Vietnam, him specifically going after Luna is right yes and sure you think that the vietnamese government is an authoritarian government it was an authoritarian at the time but there's still generally this like engagement of this imperialist narrative that does not come from anarchism like anarchism actually no it doesn't say a whole lot about imperialism because it specifically doesn't really differentiate that from other forms of government authority and it didn't really see a fight between 
a state in northern Vietnam and a state in the United States as you know, that much of a thing. And that doesn't mean you have to also believe that if you call yourself an anarchist, but you do have to be aware of that contradiction as it exists. Like, you do have to, like, at the very least, for me to respect, you need to, like, not just be going for this grab bag of things you think sound good and i want to see at least some level of you know just like you say you were an anarchist as a kid you didn't go to any anarchist groups you didn't it was a thing you called yourself it wasn't social it it was an individual thing that you called yourself you didn't have to engage with theory you didn't have to engage with other people you didn't have to be a part of a group that defined yourself within that group it was just an appellation which is cool and i can call myself a fucking wizard like i yeah i guess my thoughts on vouch are very much it just is like yeah i guess you can fucking call yourself anything you fucking want i don't hate anarchists i don't hate anarchist theory I have disagreements. There are anarchists that I know. I, I sent you a little essay that uh, that this anarchist friend of mine wrote about the Ukrainian crisis that frankly covered a lot more of my thoughts than a lot of things that Marxists wrote. And I'm okay with that. And this dude fucking hates Marx and I disagree with him about that. And I'm not an anarchist. I am a Marxist, but you know, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't take Vouch seriously. I don't take this sort of online anti-tanky this, that, or the other thing. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the tanky article that came out. That, that doesn't count as a New York Times tanky. Intercept is still left publication. It's left space publication. So is the nation. That's the line we're drawing. <laughs> Okay. Like, okay. The the nation and the intercept. Mother Jones, you're out. Well, okay. Mother Jones and Slate. The thing with them is they're so terminally online. I want to see Washington Post. I want to see New York Times. I I want to see Chicago Tribune, Boston yeah. Globe. Did you see that, Bunny Tankies? You've been called out. <laughs> I more saw people reacting to it, I guess. I think they were talking to us personally. For our uncritical support of Russia, we're actually part of the gray zone. Aaron Mate <laughs> is my best friend. And uh, Caleb Maupin is uh, my other best friend. <laughs> I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, couldn't take know. them None out. None of this fucking shit, uh, But... This is all just online bullshit. <laughs> this is... And I mean, I love online bullshit, but I am usually in the comedian online bullshit. Zeus, do you have a... Zeus is going to give his on thoughts my... on anarchism. Mutualism. <laughs> You're in breathing heavy, everyone. That's a dog. Zeus is... Uh... Given his thoughts, they're troubling. So yeah, <laughs> he can't articulate He's a it. Very good boy. You can't see this, but Marlo's holding Zeus and cradling him like a baby and holding him up to the microphone. It's a, it's an endearing. He wants to be on the podcast. He wants to be a star. Yeah. He wants his own Mark Marin. Yeah. <laughs> he wants his own WTF. Yeah. He'll ask. It's- Comedians and celebrities about what treats they like. Yeah, what treats they like. He'll be like, 
Your last movie. How come there weren't any dogs in it? Do you like playing? I love playing. Holy shit, you like playing? That's so fucking crazy. Anyway, Anyway. it's been a good one. Anyway. Yep, we'll finish that. We're going to just pivot to more dog content, much to Steve's chagrin. (laughs) Yeah. Anti He's an adorable little baby. Anti tanky, anti dog. <laughs> All right, Zeus, we got you in the hot seat. Whatever. Baby, you are one? Question mark. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Cause baby